So choose joy. That's what we've been talking about. And, um, and we've been, hopefully, this week, been able to see uh, the word joy and, uh, and, and to be able to see that in, in a new light. Hopefully this week for you, uh, it's been something that maybe God's put a little more in front of you if you were here last week or the week before. Uh, the first week, we really talked about the difference between happiness and joy and how happiness is circumstantial and joy is more spiritual, uh, the joy of the Lord specifically. And we won't always be happy, but we can always have joy. And uh, joy and happiness, they're great things and they're great uh, feelings, I guess, to, to experience, but they are very different. And uh, when it comes to, uh, to you, I guess, making peace with, with who you are, with whose you are, right? And uh, where happiness really tends to be the external triggers, uh, the things that are based on other people and, and things, places, thoughts, events, uh, those kinds of things. And then last week, we talked about busyness, and we talked about how busyness can rob our joy, and, uh, and hopefully this week, you were able to take advantage of maybe some opportunities to pause, uh, to pause at the right times, and um, to move toward God as you look at the different things in your life, I hope that there's maybe been a different perspective there on, uh, on those kinds of things because we need to, to move toward God and we need to pause at the right times so that we can hear and see God when he steps into our lives. That was one of the things that we talked about with this verse that I'm going to read here next about how the shepherds were able to be moving towards God and, and in, a, in a place, if you will, of, of being paused so that they could hear and see the glory of God. In their lives. And so this main passage that we're looking at is Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. It says this The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you and I thank you, God, for your love for us and I thank you uh, for sending your Son for us. And God, now as we dive into your word, as we, uh, as we talk for a few minutes, God, I pray that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would move through this place. God, I pray that you would open our, our eyes, our hearts, and our minds to what you have for each and every one of us, God. Because when we come together as a body of believers, Lord, there is, there is something special that happens. And so, God, um, I pray that you would move in each and every one of us in a way that is very specific for us, God, as you tend to do so very often. I love you, and I praise you. God, we ask for you to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to talk about joy from unlikely places. Joy from unlikely places. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. A um, friend of mine, great friend of mine, Lauren Khalil, who's back there at the computer and does uh, a lot of media stuff for us, um, is uh, she put a post on her uh, Facebook page at the end of October, and she asked this simple question, and we were talking about this. She had no idea I was working on this series at the time. She just threw out this question. She said, what is something that instantly brings you joy? And that was a while ago, and she had over 45-plus comments, which she said, you know, is probably the most, you know, one of the posts that's had the most interaction of any, anything that she's ever really put out there, at least for a while. 
Um, and all kinds of different answers that came through on that. And it was very interesting. And so you got to ask the question, why? Why is that a post that resonates with so many people in a place where negativity is usually the thing that resonates? You know what I mean? You get on Facebook, and which I think might be one of the reasons why it had so many comments, is because everybody's used to just seeing the junk. Um, you know, when you, if you turn on the news and they run a story that's positive, you're like, did I turn on the right channel? Like, what's going on here? And, and so Facebook is in many ways that too. But you know, people are looking for it. We're looking for it. We may not put it that way, but let's be honest, we would much rather have joy than the negativity. We would much rather have joy than the negativity. We think we want happiness. Not that there's anything wrong with happiness, don't get me wrong, but we really don't want that because it's never enough. Happiness is temporal. Happiness never completely fills the void. It never sustains. It never lasts. And God created us to have joy, and that's why happiness never really fills the void. I'm going to show you a video here in just a second with an interview with a quarterback uh, from Jacksonville Jaguars. You may have seen this going around on Facebook. Um, and it's Nick Foles uh, is his name, and he's a Liberty University graduate. And he won the Super Bowl with the Eagles a few years ago. And, uh, <laughs> um, and they traded him for it. So um, he, uh, <laughs> he went to Jacksonville, and, uh, and in his first week with the team, he broke his collarbone. Broke his collarbone in his very first week, and it's this season. And this guy is a man of faith, and I want you to listen to how he explains the way in which he's handled this. Take a look at this. No, that's where, you know, right when, this, right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people. But at the end of the day, as I got it, this is the journey you want me to go on. I'm going to glorify you in every action, um, good or bad. And, you know, I still could have joy in an injury. Um, and that, that's, people hear that and say, that's crazy. But it's like when you believe in Jesus and you, you go out there and you play, and that's, that changes your heart. And you only understand it when, you know, that purpose in your life, just like when I hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, the reason I'm smiling is my faith was in Christ in that moment. I realized I didn't need that trophy to define who I was because it was already in Christ. And that's my message when I play. Same thing happens when I get injured. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. If you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow, and be very alone and very sad. And then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life because my purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. And I, my, my ministry happens to be the locker room. And I've been able still to get to know people, get to know these guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing, that is difficult from a fleshly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm at a better situation here as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. And I know that's a sermon in itself, but... That's how I go through life, and the good Lord's been there to, you know, it's not always about prosperity. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe if you read the Word of God and you understand it, there's trials along the way, but they equip your heart to be who you are, so. Yeah, that was definitely a sermon in itself, so I think I'll just close in prayer. Um, but joy is not measured in blessings. That's your first fill-in if you're taking notes. And if you, uh, if you want to follow along in the Bible app, 
uh, you can certainly do that as well. You just go into uh, events on there and, uh, and you'll find Connect Church. But the first one is joy is not measured in blessings. That, that's amazing. That, by the way, that was not just an interview like off to the side. That was like during his main interview, like ESPN kind of thing that he just busted out with that. You're like, whoa. You know, and I mean, the reporters didn't even necessarily know what to, what to say back to that. But here's, here's some things that stood out to me. He said, I can still have joy in my injury. I can still have joy in my injury. And he said, if you make it about yourself, you won't have joy. How interesting. If you make it about yourself, at it, isn't it? We, we do make it about ourselves because we try to measure joy with blessings. We try to measure joy uh, that way, and our, our outlook on the day or the week or the season of life that we're in should not be based on blessings, necessarily, if we're choosing the joy of the Lord. See, he said he feels like he's in a better place with himself and with the Lord because of the trial that he went through with the injury. I wonder if you think back in circumstances in your life, maybe the things that didn't go well, if you feel like you're in a better place because of them. I can certainly think of some of mine. But see, that's not measuring with blessings. That's, that's actually the opposite. And it's based on knowing the Lord and receiving uh, and having the gift of the Savior. And so this brings us back to Luke, to the book of Luke. So if you do have your Bibles or the Bible app, you can flip to Luke chapter 1. We're actually going to go back one, um, one chapter here, beginning in verse 26. And we're going to talk about Mary, and we're going to talk about her perspective here for just a second. Beginning in verse 26, toward the end of it, it says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel, <clears throat> the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. All right, time out for a second. So an angel shows up. Clearly, that's not normal. Okay? And her first instinct is, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Right? Verse 29 here says Mary was troubled. She's nervous. Right? Her mind instantly goes there because she's human. If you're driving down the road and you see those lights going behind you, your first thought is not, he must be here to help me. <laughs> you know, like, we don't, no, we're thinking, oh, I got caught, what did I do? You know what I mean? You know, he saw me blow through that yellow light, it was orange, it wasn't quite red yet. We start running scenarios in our head, don't we? But he even says to her, you who are highly favored, I talked about a month or so ago about how sometimes we look at God like he's a disappointed, like he's looking at us like a disappointed parent. And if, and if that's how we think God is, then that's how we're going to react. We can react that way. And it's quite frankly natural and normal to react that way right off the bat. But she really wasn't listening to what he said, did she? Because she just like instantly was like, oh, here we go. But here's the, here's the lesson from this. 
that actually we're gonna, we're gonna look at as, as we continue to go, and it's the next fill-in, is that sometimes the worst moments bring the greatest joy. Sometimes the worst moments bring the greatest joy, and I would even add to that if you are taking notes, sometimes the perceived worst moments bring the greatest joy. Because we think that the moment that we're in right now, the moment that we're going through that maybe seems terrible, that this is just the worst. And God's not done yet. God's not done moving through that. We talked about how anticipation can be better than the gift. And it's sometimes anticipation can actually make situations worse than they are. Because we see something happen and instantly we start anticipating this is that and this is that and and we start writing the rest of the script. And we do that in our head. But you look at what the angel says next because he knows how she's reacting internally. He knows what's up. And he says this in verse 30. He says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Let me back up real quick. Do you notice he, he said you have found favor? He had to say that twice. She like instantly forgot. He had to say it again. You have found favor with God. Maybe you didn't hear me the first time, but you're a child of God and you have favor with God. So relax. Don't be afraid. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Joy is greater than fear. That's your next fill-in is the word fear. Joy is greater than fear. See, our joy can be robbed before it even begins, really, because of the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown, and you could make an argument for that almost being the worst kind of fear. Because, as I said, we start running scenarios about what could be, and we forget to include God in our thought process when those moments happen. And we all do it, myself included. Should we not prepare and plan and, you know, discern and all of those things when situations and circumstances happen? Of course we should. Of course. But not without the joy of the Lord and not without remembering who's in charge and Remembering that as a child of God, that we have favor. We have favor with God, and God's desire is for you to have joy. This isn't prosperity gospel. This is gospel gospel. This is God's desire is for you to have joy. But sometimes we're too busy, and maybe, maybe he has to do something to get our attention. Maybe he's got to get us to remember. Remember back in 2012, um, I had the chance to lead a missions trip to the UK. And uh, man, that was just a, such an amazing trip. And the lives that were changed um, through that trip and just the amazing things God did, I could talk for the next two hours at least about it. Um, but when we went on that trip, um, Val started getting sick. And, uh, and she doesn't do well. She gets motion sick a lot. And so we were kind of blaming it a little bit on that and uh 
you know, we, we, get to, uh, we get to Wales, and she's still really not feeling good. Um, and we start driving through the hills of Wales. And if, just in case to try to give you a comparison, if you've driven through the hills of West Virginia, it's a little bit like that. You know, you're riding on this bus, and you're like, we're going to fall off a cliff. You know, every thing, it's just up and down and all around. And we get to the camp and was hoping that the next day she would start feeling a little bit better, but it didn't. She's getting sick in the morning. If you see what I'm saying? And, uh, and so, you know, we, we kind of went through the week, and, and God did great stuff throughout the week, but she did not feel good during the entire week. And, uh, and I remember about halfway through the week, uh, Mike Nolan, who uh, normally is leading worship, he's out of town today, but I remember him looking at me because he was on the trip as one of our leaders, and he nudged me, and he's like, dude, I bet she's pregnant. And I was like, you better shut up. And, and, I, and I remember that to this day. And he and I still joke about it all the time. Um, and, uh, and so we go through the rest of the trip, and, and we come back, and we had been gone for 10 days, and we hadn't seen our kids um, for, uh, you know, for 10 days. And so we get home, and uh, we took them to a water park, and we're at an indoor water park for a couple of days just hanging out with them. And, uh, and we had three. And we were very content with three. Um, we, uh, you know, I, I, had, I had always just assumed that we were going to have two um, and that it was just going to be, you know, I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted two, you know, whether it was a boy and a girl, girl, then a boy, two boys, two girls. I, I didn't really care. I thought I'd had that conversation with her, but apparently I did not. And so we ended up having, you know, conversations and prayer and, and we had three. And, uh, and so we had Link, and we were like, yep, we're done. Um, and she was very much in a place of, I'm done. And we had really kind of purposed that in our heart um, with God and, and with each other, so we thought. And uh, so we get home from that water park, and, um, and literally when we walked in the door, um, she went to the bathroom upstairs, and I went to the bathroom downstairs. And, uh, and so I'm down there in my bathroom, and I hear scream, a legit, like, yell, Jay! And my heart sank, and I tore upstairs, and I go into the bathroom, and she's standing there holding a pregnancy test. You laugh, we were not. We were... I'm, I'm being serious. We were scared. We were scared to death because this was not what we had planned. And yeah, it's kind of funny to look back now, but we literally grabbed each other and fell on the floor crying and prayed on the floor of our tiny bathroom because we didn't know what to do. Our house wasn't big enough. Our finances weren't big enough. Um, our everything wasn't, we weren't ready for this. We weren't mentally prepared. We weren't spiritually prepared. We weren't emotionally prepared. But God was. God was. And we didn't know what we were going to do. And so we sat there and we prayed and got up and took a breath, wiped our tears away opened the door to the bathroom to see Gavin and Allie and Lincoln standing there going, 
And, and he goes, Mommy, okay? You know, kind of thing. And so I don't think we told him right then, but we had to coax him down a little. Yeah, we're fine. We just had some in our eye or whatever. I don't know what we said. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Wilson came along. And, uh, and if you wonder why his name is Wilson, and this is the truth, we named him Will because he was God's will, not ours. And every time we call him Will, I think of that. And that little dude has brought us so much joy and pain, but, <laughs> but he really has. And we can't imagine our lives without him. And God worked through that in so many ways and is still working through that in so many ways. But we had so much fear. We had so much fear at the time. If you continue down in Luke chapter 1 at verse 36, it says, even Elizabeth, your relative, this is the angel still talking to Mary, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. See, she knew that things would change forever, just like we did. She knew that things would change forever. She knew that this was not going to make things easier. In fact, it was the opposite. It was actually going to make things a lot more difficult and bring a lot of pain in some ways in her life, but a lot of joy as well. And that may be where you're at as well with something that's going on in your life. But sometimes temporal pain is required to bring lasting joy. I probably should have had that as a slide, but think about that statement for a second. Sometimes temporal pain is required to bring lasting joy. And that can be scary. That can be scary. Mary had to make room for the joy of the Lord and she worshiped because of it. Because if you look at her mental progression through this, this passage, that's really what ended up happening with her. But see, the joy of the Lord overshadowed the pain and she was trusting that if God brought her to it, that in his, in his time and in his way, he was going to bring her through it. And so I say that to you as well. If God has brought you to where you're at, he will bring you through it. Because no word from God will ever fail. So my connection point for the day is this. Choose joy over fear. Choose joy over fear. You may be in a place where that feels really difficult right now. But I promise you, it's the first step. Let me just read these couple of verses in Luke 2. Because this is, in a little bit, concluding some of what we talked about last week with, with the Magi, the wise men. They come to see, they come to see Mary. And Joseph and the baby. And it says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary 
treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, she chose joy over fear. She could have been and probably was in some, in some regards when these people showed up. How did you find us? What's going on? But she chose joy over fear. She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, God can use unlikely circumstances and situations to bring the greatest joy in his time and in his way. But if we are choosing to allow those moments, those those times in our life, those, those moments of uncertainty to control us and to forget who's really on the throne. Because in that moment, we do, don't we? We, we forget who's really on the throne. And, and then fear takes over. Instead, we, we need to treasure these things and ponder them in, in our heart the way that, the way that Mary did. To, to ponder, pursue, study, contemplate these things in our heart. Because joy is a process. Joy is a process that is linked to our spiritual growth. And if we are growing in the Lord, joy is going to be one of the byproducts of that. That's why it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Joy is going to be a byproduct of that. And a big part of it is surrendering to Him. Would you stand with me? Bow your head. You may be in a place right now where you feel like fear is taking over because of, a, of an unlikely, maybe an unwanted, from your perspective, circumstance. A situation that's freaking you out. And you're letting those scenarios play in your head and driving you to a place where you're forgetting that as a child of God, you are highly favored. And to choose the joy of the Lord and that he may take that circumstance that you see as the worst and turn it into something that God can use for his glory and will bring you joy. But it's gonna be in his time and in his way. And if you have a circumstance that you're scared about right now and you're trying to do that on your own without a relationship with Jesus, it's gonna be really tough to choose joy. Jesus loves you so much. He came to this earth for you. He would have come just for you. And if you want to know more about having a relationship with him, if you don't know for sure that you're going to be in eternity with him one day, I would love nothing more than to talk to you about that today. And if that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, if you want to know more about that, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, would you be willing to just look me right in the eye? Just me and you and God will see that, hopefully. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I praise you, and I thank you that you are more powerful than the fear that tries to take a hold of us. God, I thank you that your spirit moves in mighty ways and through unlikely circumstances. God, help us to trust that. Help us to remember that. Help us to choose your joy in these circumstances that happen sometimes in our life, God. And Lord, sometimes it takes you longer than maybe we, we feel it should 
for things to, to work out, but God, it all works out in your time. And Lord, I pray that if there is one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, that this might be the day that they make that decision, that they ask you to save them, Lord, that they put their full faith and trust in you because we can't save ourselves. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just continue to move, God, and that we would choose joy over fear. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.